Hello, livestock friends, and welcome to this edition of Before the Bid. This is a podcast dedicated to the livestock sales industry where we go behind the scenes of the operation and speak straight to the sellers. We discuss topics about the important aspects of their operation, location, the people behind the prep work, and talk about some of the animals that will be offered to you, the prospective buyers. Hopefully, you've got your sale catalog close by. You might have to go look through that pile on your desk. But if not, then you're probably like me and driving down the road or busy with chores around the farm. And that's okay, too. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, I hope you enjoy this segment of Before the Bid. I'm your host, Andy Howell. On this edition of Before the Bid, we go out to Montrose, Colorado, and we are talking with a young lady today that was chairman of the National Junior Angus Board of Directors a few years ago. This young lady started showing cattle at the state fair level at five years old. In uh, 2010, uh, she did win the National Junior Angus Showmanship Contest. She was also uh, on the board, as I mentioned earlier, so very, uh, very, very active in the Angus world, and she has a master's degree in international agriculture. She also has a bachelor's degree in ag economics, and what I thought was very interesting, she has a minor in Spanish, and uh, hopefully you'll welcome with me today from the lazy JB Angus, Brittany Kramer. Brittany, how are things out in Colorado today? Oh, good morning, Andy. They're great. We have our first little snow of the year. So, um, yeah, they're good. Things are good. We're getting ready for our heifer sale here shortly. And so life is good when you live in the mountains. <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah, great uh, great pictures from some of those videos and, and things. And uh, very beautiful scenery out there, it, it looks like. So um, excited excited about that. Brittany, uh, start start us off here a little bit and, and tell us uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about the family uh, that that work there on the ranch and and uh, a, a few little things of, of how things go out there. Okay, so I'm a fifth generation Angus breeder. Um, the Lazy JB Angus, the Lazy JB part of our operation, actually comes from my great grandfather. Um, we originated, our ranch originated in Louisville, Colorado, which is in between Boulder and Denver. And um, historically, my family were coal, coal miners and um, also had some cows and, um, you know, sold the eggs from the chickens at, at the market. And um, just um, that, that's where we started. So um, my grandfather, when he was 16, got his first Angus heifer as a Christmas present. He named it after the coal mine that his dad worked in. And um, so that's kind of where Lazy JB started. So my great-grandfather's name was John Biella, and that's where the JB comes from. This is my mom's side of the family. And um, my dad is originally from Nebraska. Uh, grew up on a crop farm out there. They had some pigs, some dairy cattle, things like that. And um, in 1999, I believe it was, we moved to Montrose, Colorado, where we are now. And um, my parents at the time, they quit their full-time jobs and went to, excuse me, they quit their nine-to-five jobs and went full-time 
ranching, and um, I have a, an older brother that is two years older than me. He's a county extension agent, and um, he's also a, a very big part of our operation. Our operation is actually, when we say it's owned and operated by family, and that's exactly what it is. So it's my mom, dad, my brother, and I, uh, my grandpa. Uh, plays a, a very big role in our operation, not as much as he used to, but, um, you know, you can find him in the tractors, and, and he's still a staple part of our operation. And then we also have Mr. Billy Stuckey, who is from Sherman, Texas. He is, I guess you could say, a consultant and uh, a, a big part of our family. He handles a, a lot of the show cattle, that side of things, helping sell them helping market them, um, going to shows with us and with our customers. So we're family-owned and operated. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of just the basics of our operation. Well, that's great. Two, two things. It, Lewis, you said Louisville, and it's spelled a lot like Louisville. Now, do you guys call Louisville, Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky? <laughs> no, no, we call Louisville, Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky. But then if you go to Louisville, Colorado, and you say Louisville, they'll look at you funny, kind of like if you go to Kentucky and you call Louisville, Louisville. Call it Louisville. So. Huh. <laughs> Different accents yep. from Colorado to Kentucky probably. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> Different dialects, yeah. something like that. <laughs> well, good. Yep. Well, good. Well, that that's neat. That's neat. How big of an operation is Lazy JB Angus? So we run about 290 mama cows. Um, they're all registered Angus. Even our, our recip cow that we run out here are registered Angus. Um, we're unique in that in the summertime we go to what we call our mountain pastures, which if someone came here, they'd think they were in the mountains all the time. So when we say we're going to the mountains, they look at you funny and go, we are in the mountains. But we go to even higher elevation, and um, in the summertime, those cattle we we run with multiple bulls because we can't cross fence all the pastures up there um so we take we take probably about 200 of the cows will go to our mountain pastures and then the remainder will stay at our home pastures that we have here um but so yeah about 290 mama cows and then generally each year we'll keep about 30 to 35 replacement females back now you talked about you talked about grandpa and the tractor and things and 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 taking these cows to the mountains. Um, it is it is it one of those operations? Do you guys work a lot of horseback? Do you work a lot of four wheelers? A lot of pickups? A lot of how do you guys how do you guys work those cows up up in those mountains and bring them down? Yes, yeah, so we're horseback and four wheeler. Depends on the person. I love to be horseback. That's where I'm I'm happiest and most comfortable. Um, and and my parents both used to ride um my mother was in in a horseback riding accident oh probably about 15 years ago and so she no longer rides um it just kind of depends on on the situation um, my dad would rather be on a four-wheeler than a horse but there are places on our our summer pastures that we run that you just can't get a four-wheeler to so we resort to horseback so if you come to our operation and and you see us working cows, you'll probably find Billy and I on horseback and the remainder of the crew on, on a four-wheeler. But in terms of uh, moving cows with a pickup and, and the use of a pickup on our summer ground, you're not going to find that. Mm. Um, our home place, yes, but not on our summer pastures. They're just too rugged. So. Right. Good. 
Good. And and one of the things that I that I've asked a couple other people people about how many acres does it take per cow calf unit up up in the mountains in that summer pasture? So on our summer ground, you're looking at uh, 35 to 45 okay. acres per. So um, and and it changes, you know, when you get to our home our home pasture. So mm-hmm. our home place or our headquarters, as I refer to it as. Uh, the reason that we move the cattle to the summer pastures, one of the reasons, is because we use the ground that the cows run on in the winter to put up hay. And um, this year we've been extremely blessed in terms of moisture, and we've been able to do historically what we normally do, which is sell our hay um, generally to horse people that love how green it is. Um, last year we were in probably the worst drought that we've had um people that are from around Montrose and surrounding areas said it was the worst drought they've seen in over 60 years. So last year we actually had to bring hay in, but, um, so yeah, our, our, our pastures at home are used for hay production in the summertime. Okay. Well, these, these guys out, out here where I'm at, they would sure like to have some of that rain that you guys are getting, uh, this, this <laughs> summer and this winter or this, this fall, I guess we should say. So, Brittany, uh, tell me a little bit about about some of Lazy JB, some of the breeding goals, and and as we talked a little bit earlier, it, it gets to some of those challenges as well. Uh, can you talk about that for us just a little bit? Yeah. So um, environmentally, um, we we deal with a, a challenge that not a lot of people are familiar with. Um, we have to pap test, which is pulmonary artillery pressure test, all of our cattle, whether they be bulls, females, um, steer calves, etc. Um, because we run at elevations, our home place is at 6,500 feet, and then we summer up to 10,000 feet in elevation. And what that means for those flatlanders that may be listening is that we deal with the risk of high altitude disease. And um, so that would be an environmental challenge that we deal with. Um, beyond that, you know, we don't follow trends. We know our cows, we know our environment, we study the bloodlines, and you know, we, we look at genetics and try to make the next generation better. That is our, our goal. And each year we go out, and I talked a little bit about how we run multiple bulls on our summer pastures. So the bulls that we purchase when we go um, in the end of winter, first of spring, whatever, looking for for bulls to buy the bull that we purchase are done so with a purpose and and that's to invest in our cow herd um you know we our goal here is we want to be the source for the commercial man the the kids that are are looking to buy a show heifer to build their own operation we want to be their source to find genetics that that fit the needs of their cow herd or that they can build their operation around what what are uh, and that that uh, that that hits a point that that I did want to ask you about. Can can you be the commercial guy and the show guy at the same time? What's your thoughts on that? I truly, I truly believe that you can. Um, so that is something that we strive every day is is to bridge the gap between the two worlds, as some people may say. Um, I think you can do both, and I think you can do it really well. Um, is it easy? Absolutely not, because if it was easy, everyone would be doing it, right? 
So um, our goal here is is to have cattle that have that added look that can go out in the show ring and compete and compete at, at a national level and then go out and you don't have to worry when they go into production of, oh, gosh, if they don't have a heifer, what am I going to do with the bull? But if they lay down and they have a bull calf, it's one that, that even the guy that's running 1,200 commercial cows will come in and appreciate and want to buy. So um, I truly think you can do both. I think you can com- combine both worlds. Um, but like I said, it takes a, lot of, takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of discipline, too. You know, as a family, we sit down and we decide what um, genetics we're going to bring in or what we're going to breed to. And, and there's a lot of discussion that goes back and forth at the dinner table about, okay, this is the direction we're going to go. This is why we're going to go there. Or if there's something we're hesitant about, you know, for example, if there is a pure show bloodline um, bull that we want to bring in on, on our cows in some form or fashion, we really sit down and evaluate, okay, where are we going to put this bull so that it doesn't hurt us, it helps us at the end of the day, whether that cow has a heifer or a bull calf, we can market it, it'll be beneficial to whomever purchases it. Very challenging, I'm sure. And then get, getting, yeah, everybody, it, getting everybody to agree, is that usually a challenge? <laughs> You know, uh, it's actually not. I don't know if it's that um, my mother and I um, were very vocal people. So uh, I'm sure there are times my brother and my dad just just shake their heads um, at us. But no, you know, we're we're generally all on the same page. And and it's a lot of people that that don't work in a, a family business like ours, and they come see the way we cuss and discuss at the table about what direction we're going to go or what we think about each animal. They, a lot of people walk away and they say, you know, it's it's so neat how you all can can work together like that. And and that's another comment I get a lot of is, you know, my dad and I are very close and. Um, we have that daddy daughter relationship, but we're also um, co-workers and, and business owners together. And so a lot of people say it's, it's different, but it's really neat how you and your dad can sit down and just talk business. Um, so, so generally we're on the same page, you know, right. <laughs> but right. I'm sure if you ask, I'm sure if you ask someone else in my family, they may say differently, but I think we're on the same page. Good, good. There is there is something about that dad daughter thing, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There there is something about that. So, Brittany, do you guys do? You you talked about running all those bulls on the mountains, but but do you guys do a lot of AI, a lot of uh, embryo work? What what's what's that look like for Lazy JB? Yeah. So we do um, all the above. Um, in the springtime, we'll AI anywhere from 150 to 180 cows. Um, generally, we don't AI our uh, replacement females. We'll usually put a bull on them. And when I say a bull, these, these aren't bulls that we just go randomly select. These are, are bulls that are sale toppers at other places and, and bulls that we think, you know, we can really build around. Um, so, yes, we do AI. We do flush cows um, and do embryo transfer. I actually help manage a co-op herd, um, do some embryo brokering, so we have another avenue to put eggs in. We do put embryos in at at our own place. 
Um, but the unique thing about our donor cows that a lot of people come out here and they say, well, I want to see your donor cows. What pen are they in? Um, well, guess what, boys and girls? Those donor cows are out with the general population. Our donor cows, we flush them in the spring unless they're one that we're going to continue to flush year-round and, and maybe keep open, which is rare. Um, but our donor cows are on our mountain pastures. They're running at 10,000 feet with the rest of the herd. They're having to lay down and have their own calves. Um, so, yeah, we we do kind of all the above. We we run the, the bulls in the summertime and um, AI in the spring and do some flush work. So that's really that's really neat. And yeah, those those yeah, uh, a lot of people are where's where's the donor pen and. Uh, that's really neat to hear that, that they've got to be out. They've got to be uh, regular cows just like everybody else. Yeah, they got to earn their stretch. Neat. neat. That's, re that's really neat. Uh, what about some of the challenges uh, around you guys? Uh, if when We'll get to these sale cattle later, but when we look at those sale, those, those sale videos, there's some houses right around there, you think, of, of Colorado and a ranch and, and being out in the middle of, of nowhere. Uh, is there a few of those challenges that, that you guys have? Of course. You know, I think uh, you look anywhere in the West at, at some of the ranches and um, general population and um, development is always encroaching upon you. And, uh, yeah, in our sale videos, you will see there are houses um, right, right behind at our fence line. That ironically used to be a feed yard. And uh, when we moved to Montrose 20 years ago, they sold that feed yard, and it is now a golf course. And um, when I say right on our fence line, like these people don't have backyards. Their, their backyard is our fence line and then our fields. Um, so we do experience some challenges, especially when we're calving. They tend to come over and tell us what's going on, um, even though we keep a very close eye on, on everything around here. Um, you know, uh, the other thing that we deal with, too, is is that a lot of the general public doesn't realize that our ranch is privately owned and that it's not a state park for them to come walk their dog on. Um, so, so, yeah, we deal with some of those challenges. We also, uh, you know, I was telling you earlier, we have a Ute Indian Museum on one fence line. We have housing and development on another fence line. We're constantly um, having developers and other people come by and, you know, do you want to sell the ranch? Will you sell it? Um, things like that. So it's it gets difficult. At the same time, I think it's important for those of us involved in ag to um, invite those people out once in a while to show them what we do. And I like to think that when we're out there and it's snowing and it's cold and we're feeding cows and getting babies up and and just out there working that those people i hope in my heart that they're looking outside their window going wow those people are working for us those are the people that feed us so we try to make sure that we shine in, in a very positive light to those that are encroaching upon our ranch um just as ag advocates so that's great yeah live live out their back window yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, well, that's really cool. You don't you don't enjoy the free uh, dog fertilizer on on the ranch? Not necessarily. No, I'm not. I'm okay if your dog's on a leash, but um, I'm I got some Italian in me, so I can get a little mad and upset if there's a random dog chasing some cows out here. So. 
<laughs> a little a, a little Italian in you that speaks Spanish as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you do you talk Spanish to the dogs so the people don't understand what you're talking about? Uh, if you really know me, no, I'm a pretty black and white person. <laughs> pretty pretty vocal about my opinions. So. Okay. Well, neat. <laughs> That's neat. Good. Well, Brittany, you are no stranger. Uh, again, your your family is absolutely no stranger to the Angus Association. No stranger to the Junior Angus Association and and all of your activities in there and. Uh, as I mentioned on your intro a few years ago, uh, you were chairman of the National Junior Angus Board. Uh, tell us just a little bit about that, and then my understanding is your your brother uh, also played a big role. and And we can talk a little more about you, but but if you would tell us uh, tell us a little bit about about you guys' time on the board and and the things that that you guys got to take part in. Yes, yeah, so um, we really, my brother and I, need to give all the credit to um, my mom and dad because they're the ones that really pushed us and motivated us to be um, very involved in the Junior Angus program, whether that be at the state level or the national level. And my brother was vice chairman of the junior board. And to be very honest with you and, and those that may be listening, I didn't have it um, as one of my goals to be on the junior board. My brother had always said, you know, I the minute we went to junior nationals the first year in Tulsa, I wanted to wear that green coat. I wanted to be a green coat. And, and um, so he, he went and he pursued his goal and his dream and he got on the board and I watched him and, and his involvement and interacting with the young people. And it was at that point that I said, you know what, I, I think I want to do that too. So um, really it wasn't a lifelong goal for me, but it was something that I'm, very thankful I got to experience. I was chairman of the junior board from 2010 to 2011 and, um, you know, got to travel around a lot, met a lot of people. I actually, so I currently work for Biozyme Incorporated. I'm an area sales manager for them. And it was through the National Junior Angus Association and my time on the board that I got to meet my current employer, Mr. Bob and Bob and Lisa Norton. And, um, so, yeah, it was a very beneficial time in my life and something I'm glad I got to experience. Met a lot of great people. Um, working with young people is, is always fun for me. And still to this day, when when we work with our juniors that purchase heifers, I reflect on my time with uh, on the junior board. And um, I think that was an integral, integral piece of who I am and, and where I'm at today. What advice can you give some of those that are thinking, some of those juniors are thinking, maybe I, I want to do this, but uh, but I'm not really sure that I can be successful enough to do this? To run for the junior board. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, you know, I think that the biggest thing, and it doesn't matter if you're running for the junior board or you're in a showmanship competition or you're walking in for your first job interview, the biggest thing that I always tell people is to believe in yourself and be confident in, in your skill set. And, um, and I think, you know, if, if you're confident in yourself, you can achieve anything. But those of you that may be questioning, do I want to do it? Do I not want to do it? Um, if it's, if it's even a question to you, I think I want to do it. Um, go ahead, give it a shot. Um, because you won't regret it. You know, we're, we're only given so much time on this earth, and I think it's important for everyone to take advantage of every opportunity that's presented to them because 
there are some people that never get an opportunity to even try to run for a junior board. So good. Also, you didn't you didn't stop there. Two thousand ten, you won a national junior Angus show uh, showmanship contest. What what's your what's your opinions on and I'm sure I I probably know but what's your opinions on showmanship and and how important is that to one just a showmanship contest but two these heifers or or steers or whatever animal it is that that maybe they uh, choose to take into the ring. So that was 2010 was uh, a very exciting. Uh, year for me it was actually my last year as a junior in the junior angus association and um the national junior angus show was held in denver that year and um for those of you that may remember my mother was actually the president of the angus auxiliary that year so the president of the angus auxiliary actually presents the award to the champion showman so it was an extra bittersweet year for me in general but you know winning the national showmanship contest was I said my brother set a goal to be on the junior board. Well, my goal was to win that contest. Um, so at a, at a very young age, that was my goal. And, and I say that it was my goal because um, when I talked about the history of Lazy JB, I didn't expand on that. And, and I will a little here in that showing and growing up showing, my brother and I only purchased um, – one or two females our whole show career so everything else that we showed we raised and so um there were times where my brother had had the better lineup of, of heifers steers or bulls to show and so i just made it my goal at a, at a young age to to win every showmanship contest i could and um you know i really focused in on showmanship i loved it i loved competing in the showmanship contest more than I did anything else and I guess I didn't realize it at the time when I was younger how important showmanship was I just that was my goal that's what I was going to chase but really um, a good showman can make or break an animal you can walk out there with the best animal and if you can't get them stuck man you're you're not going to sit in the hole where you should and I experienced personally many times where even the judge would get on the mic and say you know, I, I had this young lady in fifth, and I moved her up to second or won the class because she can flat stick this one. And that, to me, was huge. And it's still a reflection today, like I said. If if a showman can get one shown, it's a world of difference um, in how that animal will place or, or perform. So. And those guys outside of the ring, they sure appreciate that when they've spent uh, all the time along with you getting those ready, and, and you can stick one and do that. Yeah, yeah. Always really, really neat. Tell us, let's let's go in just a just a little bit, a uh, little bit different. Let's talk about some of the cattle. Uh, you guys have, if you go to your website, uh, lazyjbangus.com, and you go to the winners button, uh, there are there are a lot of winners on that page. And uh, can you tell us just a little bit about about some of those, some of the show career? Uh, that that you guys have had, and and maybe even some of those customers that you guys have had, and and some of those success stories. Yeah, so as a family owned and operated ranch, uh, we've been extremely blessed in our success that we've had in the last three years alone. Um, we've had the ROV Heifer Calf Champion of the Year. Um, we've always got cattle in the top five in their respective divisions, and. Um, Generally, for the last five to ten years, animals 
top 10 in, in the running for um, show heifer or bull of the year. We were extremely blessed in 2010. We had the ROB show heifer of the year, Queen Latifah 925, and, and she was a, a staple to um, our success. And we actually, we lost that cow this summer, but she was our highest revenue generating cow that we had at the place. Um, so yeah, we've seen a lot of success kind of kick-started honestly um, in 1999 when we moved to Montrose we we had a bull that we had some very good success with he was reserve grand at Kansas City that was um, the first time my parents drug cattle to Kansas City we went back the next year won the owned heifer show went back the following year and won the the junior female show in Kansas City prior to that we'd had success at the state fair level but um and it, it all kind of started in 1999 when um, when they first went to Kansas City. We've had success, you know, uh, if you look on our, our website, everywhere from Junior Nationals to Louisville to Denver, Fort Worth. Um, but for me in general, the most exciting part of the success that we've seen is when our customers are able to be successful and then go on and um, take those animals that they bought from us and produce their own calves that are successful out of those cows with the Lazy JB brand on their side. Um, we've got a, a family that comes to mind for me is, is one that in 2011 bought a heifer out of our sale for $5,500. Her first calf, well, excuse me, let me back up. She was very successful, the heifer that they bought from us. Her first calf went on to win the Bread Known Show in Billings at the Nile. And then every year since then, that same family has had a heifer in some sale, whether it be the sale in Billings or their own personal private treaty sale that um, they've sold that, that generates back to that lazy JB female. And um, so it's been very fun to see that the heifers that we sell and, and even some of the bulls that we sell, what they sire, um, that they go on and they produce animals that either help build the legacy for someone else or build someone else's operation or, um, you know, result in revenue generating animals. So. Right. Good. Always want those, want those animals out there to, to work for other people. Tell yeah, us. Yeah. And I think, you know, go ahead. I was going to, an important thing too, I, I want people to know is that, you know, we're not out there selling the hundred thousand dollar females. You can come into our place and, and buy one for $5,000 and go out there and, and win some stuff. And then at the end of the day, the most important thing for, for me and my family is that that junior or, or that person that buys that female then has a cow that can go on and produce something for them. And, and that's, that's so important to us. Right. I uh, d Just a little personal story with this. Uh, uh, Dad told me to jump on jump on the sale last year, and I thought, no, there's no way we can afford anything, and and uh, so we ended up bringing one back to to Indiana. So you're you're exactly right, and and uh, yeah, it's it's a great thing that that you guys do have cattle that cattle that are affordable and and very successful, and and that's that's one of those really neat things to see, especially in today's world where we get some of these uh, that are just way way out there uh, as as far as the dollars go. Tell us, you've got you guys have some bulls that that are very successful uh, in the breed, and and can you tell us a little bit about some of those bulls and, and maybe promote those bulls just a little bit? 
Yeah, so our, our highlight sire right now and actually is the sire of, of the heifer that you and your family have is um, Sundance, Lazy JB Sundance 6428. And um, that bull was, was very successful for two years. We, we showed him. Um, I called him always the bridesmaid because he was either reserve in his division or reserve grand about everywhere we went. Um, but so that bull has been a highlight for us. He's owned with Herbster Angus Farms in Nebraska. Last year was his first calf crop. And, um, you know, we had sale toppers on both the female and the bull side sired by him. Um, he's done some great things. He's an outcross um, for, for most of the show world. Um, but, you know, outside of the show world, he's been used by a lot of commercial men. Uh, the highlight on him is that he's a true heifer bull, and I've had many people come up to me that have seen him in person and say, really, a bull that has that much power and is that stout, he doesn't exactly look like he'd be a heifer bull, um, but the reports that we've gotten back is he reads heifer bull through and through. He's a shorter gestation bull, which I think proves his birth EPD as a, a low birth weight heifer bull, um, that, and those calves, the reports we're getting back is man, they hit the ground, they're cavities, but give them a week or two and, and they just explode and perform. And we just weaned two weeks ago and, and they were one of our highest weaning um, sire groups that we had. So he'd be one that we're extremely proud of. He was out of a first cast heifer and um, his mother were actually, um, she would be one of the donors that we've kept open and are going to continue to flush her but he's one of our highlight bulls that we have right now he paps extremely well for those that are running in high altitude he is high altitude approved um, his calves that we tested last week are the same um, he's very very consistent in his fat scores the next one if any of you are checking out our heifer sale coming up um, the Cadillac Ranch Bull we purchased him two years ago from Krebs Ranch in Gordon, Nebraska. And just, you know, a little side note on uh, Krebs Ranch. We're very, very thankful to have had the opportunity to work with Eldon and Louisa and everyone at the Krebs Ranch for many, many years. That's actually where my first show heifer came from. And, uh, you know, Eldon has, has been great to our family. When I was a young exhibitor, he gave me a lot of opportunities that um, my parents couldn't afford otherwise had he not done that for us. so. But the Cadillac Ranch Bull, um, he's bred similar to, he has the same sire as KR Casino that was a very popular bull two, three years ago. A lot of people saw him in Denver. You're seeing a lot of calves out of him right now, but um, this is the first calf crop that we have out of Cadillac Ranch. And Boy, I'd be lying if I didn't say that I was so excited and ecstatic about this bull. Um, my mother and I actually go out in the, the spring, and we're in charge of going to all the bull sales and, and picking out bulls. Um, his, God bless my father. He's at home calving cows, and uh, he and my brother are on the cabin crew. So they send us out to, to purchase bulls. So um my mom and I have kind of been patting ourselves on the back lately, to be honest with you. Uh, we, we think we did a good job here on this Cadillac Ranch Bull, but those calves, we love them. He paps well. Um, the, the thing that we like most about the Cadillac Ranch calves, 
um, is the, the foot and the bone size that they have and how stout they are. And yet to get one with that much power and then have so much look and be extended through their front end is really hard to do. And then, you know, we top, we top it off with the fact that that Cadillac Ranch has got some good EPDs behind him. He's a 0.3 birth, 71 weaning, and 132 yearlings. So point being that, um, you know, you get a Cadillac Ranch heifer and uh, she throws you a bull calf no matter what way it's bred you're going to have a, a good EPD backing on that one. So um, he'd be a highlight for us right now. We recently, this last year, purchased a, an incredible son from Krebs as well. And um, we'll see his first calves hit the ground this year. And then um, we another highlight of our bulls would be our Stevenson Easy Money Bull. Um, he'd be more carcass-oriented, um, EPD number oriented, but those calves look really, really good this year. We've got uh, at least one or two that will be in our Penables in Denver and retained quite a few of those heifers. So um, that's just a little bit of our bull battery. You know, we have to run a lot of bulls in the summer and, and through our breeding season because we cover so much ground. Um, but I would say the Sundance and the Cadillac Ranch calves are our highlights right now. And you're speaking to the one that those are my two favorite bulls. So um, that, that would be why they're the highlight too, is uh, they've done their job. And, and those are the two that I just absolutely love right now. So. And, and we get into, we get into talking to these sale cattle and uh, I think they'll see why you're so, you're, if, if they haven't seen already, why you're so high on the, on the Cadillac ranch bull. And uh, Brittany, let's, let's get into some of these, these sale cattle and these sale heifers. You guys have a sale, an online sale coming up and that sale is, is going off on October 14th and it is on uh, sconlinesales.com. Go to sconlinesales.com and go down and uh, hit the Lazy JB uh, Fall Online Show Heifer and Embryo Sale. You hit that tab and and it just opens up to a set of knockout females. Uh, it, I just uh, uh, I was I was going over them late the other night and and uh, I should have been in bed asleep, but I just couldn't. I just uh, had to keep looking at these heifers and. Wow, what a set, Brittany. And why, don't, why don't you tell us a, a little bit, give us a little more sale information maybe. Uh, who, who do we need to talk to on the sale? And, and uh, let's go through some of these heifers as well. Yeah, so I think, you know, every year everyone says this is our best set, et cetera. Um, I'm not going to be the one to say this is our best set, although I, I think it's one of the best sets that we have brought to the table. The unique thing about this particular lineup, in my personal opinion, is that you know, generally every year I love to show, as we've talked through um, this, this podcast here, I, I'm an advocate for showing livestock. I love doing it. Um, it's my happy place. But generally each year we'll hold back one or two females for my mom and I to, uh, to play within the show barn and, and drag up and down the road. And this year we didn't do that. Um, I love seeing our customers be successful and I love being competitive. And so we made a decision as a family that, that we would let the best of the best of the best go. And they're in this sale. Um, so again, the sales on this coming Monday, October 14th on show circuit online sales. Um, we work with Clint Petzold out of Texas. 
he would be our, our sale contact. Um, but of course, myself, um, Jeff, Kathy Kramer, Brandon Kramer, and then Billy Stuckey. Billy's been up here. He's seen these calves since the day they were born. Um, you know, he comes up about once a month, um, depending on the time of the year. So he's seen these calves, watched them mature and grow, and he and I clipped them. And, and so he's, he's been on top of the calves. He knows them really well, and he knows their mothers, too. He's seen all, you know, if you come out to look at this sale lineup, we can take you through every single mother except for one of the heifers that's in the sale. Um, we do have the Cadillac Ranch daughters. They're, they're our feature for this sale. They're in, in the top five or six lots there. Um, they've had a lot of friends when people have come out. Um, they've, they've been fun for me because we've been able to sell a lot of semen uh, on Cadillac Ranch just in, in regards to people seeing these females. But, um, you know, if we go through and, and just kind of pick a couple of these out that, that maybe give you a little more information on those females in general. Lots one and two are both April Cadillac Ranch females. I have pictures of them from when they were two weeks old to three months old. Um, they've just been standouts there their entire lives. And the lot one female, boy, when you come see her in person, you fall even more in love with her if you didn't in her picture in her video. And she's one that I really think can can go ahead and run in the Angus world, but if you want to take her in to a prospect show or a jackpot show, she's going to give those other breeds a run for her money. We're actually going to be taking her to uh, a show the day after the sale. Um, so hopefully whoever gets her is, is all right with us dragging her out for one go right there. But the lot two female, uh, again, an April Cadillac Ranch female whose grand dam was actually the 2012 National Western grand champion female in the junior show reserve in the open show for um, Mr. Fitzgerald and, and Cherry Knoll Farms, a female that a lot of people are attracted to um, because she's so different. She's so unique in her look. And um, I always say, you know, like she's a what you see is what you get kind of female because um, she's not the hairiest, but boy, she's built incredible. And my thing on that, her not being the hairiest is that you know, even a drag queen can look good with a lot of makeup. So even a bad animal can look good with a lot of hair. So if you can strip them down and they look good slick or without a lot of hair, you know you got a good one. And, and I really think that's how it is with that lot, too. She's she's a very, very special and unique female. Um, three and four are, are very fun for me because I know the backside of that cow family very, very well. The lot three, her maternal sister, if anyone's been following us or if you jump on our website, her maternal sister last year in the state of Texas at every major um, was either a reserve division or a division winner. And uh, for Garrett Sanders there in Texas, he uh, that was kind of his first big show heifer project. And, boy, she didn't stand less than second anywhere he took her. So um, that heifer is backed by an incredible cow. Um, they have awesome udders when they go into production. He actually took that same female, the Sanders family did, and, and won their state Angus show as a cow-calf pair. But then uh, we jump into four, and four is actually related to three. Four's granddam is the, the mother of lot three. So, again, cow power there. 
um, the lot four, her mother was shown by Morgan Wise. Those of you that are familiar with Heidi Anderson and her photography, um, Morgan is her daughter. And uh, so the lot four's mother was, was very successful, won a couple of jackpots, and um, always got in that division drive there at, at some of the major Angus shows. So um, those are kind of the top features for me. There's there's two others. I could talk about these females all day long, honestly, Andy. Like you, if you want to get to know me, let's talk cows because you, you know, that's my happy place. So well, like um, I said, I'll tell you what. If I had heifers like these, I'd be talking about them all day. <laughs> I'd be telling everybody. Yes. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. The other, um, I'll quickly cover just. Three others that I, I think people need to, to make sure to, to make some extra notes about. The lot six female, um, she's a May. She's the only May in, in our lineup here. Her mother was the 2011 ROV Cap Champion of the Year for the Rogan family out of South Dakota. Um, she was a female that, that a lot of people outside of the Angus breed were, were really high on and said, you know, that thing could do a lot of, good for some other breeds and you could breed that one a lot of different ways so she she's very very similar to her mother and her build and um just just one that i think she's green in her makeup right now but that's one to definitely watch and then the last two highlights i'm going to give you not to take away from any of the other sales but just important things that i think listeners need to to focus in on that lot nine female a little backstory on her her granddam was actually purchased from the Hoffman Ranch there in Nebraska. And um, the year that we purchased her granddam, uh, her granddam full sib was like one of their uh, top selling females for the Skiles family out of Texas. And um, we got this female, the, the Lori cow. And my mom said to me, I'd actually gone out there prior to and, and gone through the entire sales set and, um, this was one I had circled, and my mom said to me, well, what's wrong with her? Because why, why did we get her for way less than what the high seller brought? <laughs> I kind of laugh about it now because that female is, uh, we've kept every single calf that she's had um, until now. And, and so that Lori cow family has been excellent for us. They're incredible in production, just really, really good cows. If you're looking for just something that's going to be a really good show heifer, but then where she's going to shine the brightest is when you get her into production. And, and that's the lot nine female. She's out of a first calf heifer and um, very, very unique bred. The other thing too, those people that maybe are not looking for a show heifer, but want to raise bulls. I, I encourage you to look at that one ZPD profile because she's in the top three for her weaning yearling and dollar S and she's in the top 2% for dollar W. So um, when you asked me earlier about combining the show world and uh, the commercial or production world, I think we did it right there. Mm -hmm. At least I like to say that we did on that one. So, And then the, the female that we close out our, our female lineup with, the Lot 11, you know, the Sandy Cow family is no stranger to the Angus breed. Um, the Lot 11's granddam is the Sandy 3040 that, recently passed away at Del Porto uh, Livestock there in California. And 3040 was very, very successful um, from a national level. And uh, her calves, you know, 
Conley Express calves that have, have been top in sales everywhere. Conley Express's mother is 3040. So uh, this heifer stems back to, to 3040. Our granddam is 3040. Um, GCC new game, maybe a newer bull for some people, but he's a first class son. Um, this female is very, very unique, very special, um, just has all the right pieces and parts. And um, I did, I put her, I will tell you honestly, I put her towards the bottom of the sale for people to go looking for because I think there's so many good heifers in between there that maybe get overlooked that I wanted to make sure that, that people caught all of them. So, right, but yeah. I'm, that's yeah. A, Make sure you go down through That's those. I, wow, what a set from, from 1 to 11. Thank you. That's, that's a little bit about the, the females and, and also on those embryo lots, too. Uh, please take note that we are parting with some of the first Cadillac Ranch embryos. We had a really, really good flush on uh, what was actually my favorite bred heifer that we drug last year. Um, we call her Odessa, and uh, we showed her mostly as an AOB because she was just so different um, and we were dragging two other bred heifers that year and she competed well um, you know she got a piece of every AOB show she was shown in um, either champion or reserve and and she flushed really well so uh, we're partnering with some of the Cadillac Ranch embryos uh, our big thing is is that we want to share our success and our legacy with other people so uh, we also have Sundance embryos in there by a cow that is a um, American classic sired female and those embryos we actually have a bull calf that is on our string right now and will be part of our national western pen this year that would be full a full fit to the embryos that we're offering he's been shown one time he was reserved bull calf champion in Nebraska so again that uh, the embryo lots that we're offering uh, we're not getting rid of things we don't want people like these are these are the best of the best and and we have these same embryos coming in cows this coming spring and um so i want to make sure that people don't miss out on those right that's great that's awesome well Brittany, give us uh give us the info on the sale again and and where can we find it how can we uh, make sure we get on there to to see these females yeah, so it's Monday, October 14th. This coming Monday on Show Circuit Online Sales. That's sconlinesales.com. Um, you can also follow us on social media. We have a Facebook page, Lazy JB Angus. Uh, I encourage people to jump on there. We're always doing updates, um, bringing you new things um, about what we've got going on and at Lazy JB. There'll be links to the sale on there. We'll also on our, our website, lazyjbangus.com, our for sale page, we'll have a link on there as well. Um, I encourage people, if they're skeptical uh, about, you know, how far west are we, come on out. Um, don't be afraid. We have an airport right here in town, just 15 minutes from the ranch. We have direct flights from Dallas, Fort Worth, Chicago, uh, a lot of major airports, Um We'd be happy to show you the lots. We'd be happy to show you Cadillac Ranch and Sundance are both here at the ranch along with our other bulls that are in the lineup. They're mothers. We actually just got home yesterday. So uh, you'd be able to, to see the full package here. Um, you know, if you can't make the sale, we'll be happy to send uh, updated pictures, videos, those types of things. I get those calls all the time. 
um, Flint Pet Sold will be here on hand on sale day as well as Billy Stuckey. So uh, if you want to ask them rather than one of the members of my family, they'd be happy to answer your questions as well. In terms of transportation, we get that question all the time. We are going to Louisville this year. We do have other trucks lined up to get cattle places. We try to work with people. We understand that we're, we're very far west. We get it. We're not really on the way to anywhere. So we try to work with people and get those animals to you. Um, those that may be listening in Texas that are worried about validation, we always, always get cattle there before validation time. That is not something to worry about. So, um, again, I appreciate any interest that we can get. We pour our heart and soul into these cattle and um, in our offering, take a lot of pride in it. So um, we appreciate everyone that even if you just look at the offering, it means the world to us, even if you don't buy one. Well, I, I think I think they would be very impressed, and and I do want to tell listeners, uh, guys, uh, uh, not not to make this a personal thing, but we did purchase a heifer from uh, Lazy JB last year, and and we purchased a couple other heifers around the state, and I drove about uh, three hours less getting the heifer from Lazy JB picked up than I did any of the other uh, females. So, uh, just just wanted to tell them very just you guys were so great to work with, and. And we did have questions on the videos, and, and I called, uh, I actually called a couple other people, and I said, tell me about these guys, because I knew they had a heifer from you guys. They said, they're straight shooters. They'll tell you like it is. I called your dad. I called you, and and the she was what she was supposed to be. So I just wanted to, to, to get that out there a little bit on a personal note. That's uh, my experience. You guys, did, she was exactly what she was supposed to be, worked great with getting her here, and uh, so, so you've got a satisfied customer right here. So, if that if that'll help you at all, um, that's that's a it's a great thing that you guys do. Perfect. Well, we appreciate your business, and and we look forward to working with you and the other families that have interest in, in our cattle, whether it be the embryo lots or the live lots. Um, that's something we take a lot of pride in. And uh, I will tell you a little extra side note on that: these cattle are halter broke to go into the ring they're ready to go a lot of people sell cattle and they say yeah they're broke they're broke to tie now these females know the show stick already they're they're very very well broke um my mother and i don't like to work with anything that's got an extra spirit about them so um just rest assured that if you've got a young person that that's wanting a first year heifer we will do everything in our power to make sure that that animal cooperates for them and is, is a great experience right off the bat and you're not lying a bit. We unloaded that heifer in the middle of a parking lot. So uh, <laughs> ready to go. So, so great. Well, Brittany, I uh, want to thank you for spending time with us here today on Before the Bid. And, and just want to get that, that uh, heifer sale out there on October 14th, sconlinesales.com. Go down, hit the Lazy JB uh, heifer sale, or go to the Lazy JB Angus site. And uh, at LazyJBAngus.com, again, as she said, there will be some links from there. Uh, very great site. Learn the history. Uh, look at those females. Uh, pick out a bull that you might want to use. Uh, just great things coming from LazyJB. And, and Brittany, I want to thank you again uh, for taking your time today and, and talking with us here on Before the Bid. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. All righty. Thank you.
Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Before the Bid. For more information and to learn more about upcoming podcasts and sales, visit us at beforethebid.podbeam.com or our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram pages. For information on being a guest on Before the Bid, please email us at beforethebid at gmail.com or on one of our social media pages. Remember, that's beforethebid at gmail.com. Happy sales to you, and we will talk to you next time on Before the Bid.